Always look forward to this special day. Nebraska State Fair gets underway, and this is the midday program on the Rural Radio Network. Let's go immediately to the State Fairgrounds in Grand Island and Joe Gangwish. Well, thank you very much, Dirk Christensen. I'm here with Shaylee Peters, also Beth Rogers, Jim Lifrig from the Engineering Department. The 2017 Nebraska State Fair is off and rolling. It's a beautiful day. They had free attendance, what, for, until about noon today. Lots of people roaming the grounds. It's a beautiful day to be out here. Shaylee, you've been out grabbing some interviews as well here this morning. Talk about the crowd so far. Yeah, it's actually great here. Um, I was very surprised coming in this morning um, how many people were already on the grounds like right away this morning. Also, I went over and caught the opening ceremonies, and tons of people showed up for that. So a really good start to the fair. This is great. We're going to have fun here all throughout the Nebraska State Fair. Of course, we'll be live for our midday segments uh, each of the weekdays here at the fair. Today at 1213, Steve Nelson from Nebraska Farm Bureau. Of course, he's the president. He'll be here talking about the uh, Farm Bill listening session they'll be having. Of course, that's coming up uh, this next Friday here at the State Fair. During our Newsmaker segment, Mike Moritz from the National Weather Service. He'll be here to talk about weather all throughout the fair and another crazy summer for Nebraska weather. We'll ask him about that 117 what do we got coming up there shay fridays in the field couldn't get through our friday without that and so i think chad moyer is on this week is that i thought it was chabella this maybe week. chabella We'll tune in, and you'll see who it is. That's right. I'll have to. <laughs> of course, our visit with Al Dutcher, of course, that comes up at 1219. So, Dirk, we'll send it back to you guys. A busy Nebraska State Fair on the southeast end of the Pinnacle Bank Expo building. Stop by, and, oh, look for the big red beacon. They're all pointing at the, at the red <laughs> yeah. beacon. So you can't miss it when you're on the east side of the building. Come and see us. Uh, you can uh, just take in all the Nebraska State Fair and the Rural Radio Network broadcast booth. Joe, Shaley, thank you very much. Over to Jesse, we go for a quick word. And that's right. Joe is correct. It is Chabella for Fridays in the Field at 117. She is with Jeff Pohl. An update on the dry edible beans, corn, and alfalfa crops. And uh, obviously the big topic of conversation that Paul and Al Dutch are going to be talking about is Hurricane Harvey. Mm-hmm. Our thoughts, our prayers, our hearts go out to those in Texas right now being affected. But also discussing how this might, the weather patterns might affect northern cropping areas in the United States when it comes to freeze, because we're getting close to September now. Yes, we are. All right. Well, it's all here, Jason. Here we go with sports. Talking a lot of volleyball. The Huskers get their season started this afternoon in Florida against Oregon. We'll get the thoughts of head coach John Cook about that. Also, there's plenty of volleyball that you can check out at this year's Nebraska State Fair with the big uh, Bill Marshall event. We'll give you uh, the latest on that from one of the fair uh, organizers. And yesterday was a very special day for six Husker football players former walk-ons who found out that this year they've earned a scholarship. They got the big deal. So all of their works paid off, and they uh, they finally got the deal. That's got to be very gratifying for those guys. Oh, yeah. Holy smokes. All right, and uh, here is the fair-minded uh, Bob Brogan with business. Stocks are higher in midday, and traders are uh, watching what's happening to the west of us. There is a central bankers meeting taking place in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, and That'd be a nice place to be. Um, well, if you got to meet in a hole, it might as well be Jackson Hole. That's all coming up for you today on Midday. 
Ag Weather, and Paul Perkins is in here to find out, well, I guess one of the biggest ag events going on for the year is the Nebraska State Fair. How's it looking for this weekend? Things looking very good. You're not going to have to worry about scorching at the Nebraska State Fair. Also, probably lower humidity. Rather comfortable, actually, probably Ideal weather, actually, for the Nebraska State Fair as you're walking around there. So, so if you are wondering whether to go this week or next week, <laughs> well, I would I would go ahead and take my chances this week. Probably. Yeah, it looks pretty good here in the next several days for sure. Very good. Ag Weather's brought to you by Holdridge Irrigation. Because we know how iffy that forecast can get beyond the five- to seven-day period here. Once so in a while, yes. <laughs> if you want to play it yeah. safe and get your time in at the State Fair, do so now. Quite a bit of rain in eastern Nebraska. They had over two inches of rain, two inches and 1,800s at Ashland in between Lincoln and Omaha. Even more rain has handed into the northeast part of Nebraska. Right now, a flood warning in effect, a flash flood warning in effect until about 1 o'clock for Dakota County and south central Dixon County, northeast Nebraska, just to the south and southwest of Sioux City. That's where they saw about three inches of rain and are expecting to see another inch or three of rain in that area. Otherwise, most of us pretty quiet. Temperatures in the mid to upper 70s and those locations as you head farther to the south and west, right around the 80 degree mark. We will see more hit or miss. Thunderstorms in our forecast all the way through Sunday evening, and temperatures in our area continue to be near or slightly below normal for this time of year. Today, generally sunny across the area, but later today, expecting widespread thunderstorms in the Sand Hills into the Dakotas that will track to the east as an area of low pressure moves right along the front just off to our north. We may see the southern extent of those storms brush areas just to the north of I-80. Those rain chances really dropping off the farther south you go. A ridge of high pressure over the weekend will continue to build over the west, and that will result in a northwest flow in our area and some spotty thunderstorm chances dropping southeast through the region this weekend. Tomorrow afternoon and tomorrow night appearing to be the most favorable time for some thunderstorms, and those chances aren't too great as the cold front drops to the south. So possibly some scattered thunderstorms late in the day tomorrow into tomorrow night. A few strong storms are possible. Temperatures ahead of that front tomorrow, the warmest of the next seven days, and then we have a cool down early next week. That ridge of high pressure that's just off to our west, that will edge closer and cut off our rain chances. That will result in a more northerly flow, and our temperatures slightly cooler than normal, and those comfortable humidity levels for much of next week. In the long-term forecast, the temperatures for Nebraska and Kansas are expected to be near seasonal Wednesday through the first seven days of September. Now, southeast Nebraska and the eastern half of Kansas could be actually closer to cooler than normal now. There is a likelihood that there will be below normal rainfall in Nebraska and Kansas Wednesday through September 7th, especially in Nebraska. Now, market traders are paying close attention to the impact of heavy rain from Hurricane Harvey and an additional round of cool central U.S. temperatures Hurricane Harvey forecast to make landfall near Corpus Christi, Texas tonight or early tomorrow as a Category 3 hurricane with winds exceeding 100 miles per hour and producing rainfall totals of 15 to 25 inches and isolated amounts to around 35 inches. Devastating and life-threatening flooding is expected from South Texas to Southwest Louisiana. And this, just to put this in perspective, the first major hurricane to hit the U.S. since October of 2005 and that's when Wilma crossed southern Florida. Believe it or not, it's been that long since wow. we've had that big of a hurricane really actually strike the United States. Now, elsewhere, generally quiet. The southern plains are forecast to see favorable light rain the next five days, but more attention expected to be given as Harvey continues to evolve and possibly some forecast track changes. And Al Dutcher will talk a little bit about that at 1219. There are some potential changes in the track.
of Hurricane Harvey, maybe more towards the north, and that could start to affect our weather in some ways, especially farther to the north. Continued cool temperatures and a variable rain pattern will remain across the Midwest through the end of the month. Rain coverage will focus across the west and north Midwest and be of most benefit to soybeans. It will be mainly dry in the eastern Midwest for the late season. The drought-affected northern plains and Canadian prairies expect some scattered light to moderate rain to offer a little bit of a benefit to the soybeans there. Well, I am absolutely certain that we're going to be hearing Hurricane Harvey mentioned a lot in terms of every aspect of agriculture to come in the next several weeks. Yeah, because uh, for one thing, it's going to basically start to stall out because we have high pressure keeping it down at bay, and it's not going to be allowed to move a lot farther to the north, and that will definitely just, of course, prolong the rain event. And, you know, those 35-inch rainfall totals yeah. could be fairly widespread if it continues like that. All right. Well, we will listen with interest when Al gets on here a little bit later on in the midday program. I want to remind you that our uh, ag weather brought to you by Holdridge Irrigation. And when you need weather anytime, krbn.com. Nebraska State Fair. I'm Shaley Peters, and we're over here with Steve Nelson, Nebraska Farm Bureau President. Steve, what do you got going on this year? A great opening day. Well, really, it's it's been a, a wonderful kickoff to the State Fair, and seems like there's a bigger crowd than usual for the first day of the State Fair, so that's always exciting. Farm Bureau has its booth in the cattle area, and uh, we're doing the same things that we've done in the past uh, with uh, 4-H and FFA kids, uh, they can bring a certificate there that they get in their packet uh, with their materials when they check in, and we'll give them a, ch- a free T-shirt. So we, we, that's been very successful in the past, and we're looking forward uh, to that being successful this year as well. One thing that's a little bit different with this year's State Fair, you are hosting a Farm Bill listening session next week. Well, that's right. A week from today, on uh, on Friday the 1st, uh, will be a Farm Bill listening session. Uh, the Rural Radio Association is part of hosting that as well. And uh, we will have the full Nebraska delegation there. Both senators and all three congressmen plan to be there. A uh, number of organizations will provide testimony or information to the group. It's really an important time, Shaley, to be providing this information because the House, uh, the House Ag Committee is already working on the next farm bill and so this is a really an important time to provide input we're hoping that this this farm bill will will happen will be uh, come to pass in a timely fashion doesn't always happen but it's very important this year uh, as and next year as we move forward uh, with the prices that we have now and the tight margins that there are that we keep the farm bill in place and this is open to anyone correct that's right. It'll take place at the Bosselman Center area here at the Nebraska State Fair, and there'll be plenty of room for everyone. Uh, we want a lot of people to show up, and, and so we're really looking forward to that very important uh, event that will take place at this year's State Fair. Bringing it back to today, we had opening ceremonies this morning where you guys were recognized. 
Well, that's right. Some before, but this is Nebraska Farm Bureau's 100th anniversary, and we've been celebrating that uh, throughout the year. Our celebration will culminate at this year's annual meeting, uh, Farm Bureau annual meeting in December. But today we were recognized uh, for that accomplishment to have been uh, uh, organized in Nebraska for a hundred years now uh, by the Nebraska State Fair and so we're very appreciative of that and and certainly uh, our relationship with the State Fair has been very complimentary over the years as as uh, we work together to promote agriculture uh, in the state of Nebraska. Now I mentioned that Farm Bill listening session any other things you have coming up uh, as we head into this fall towards harvest? Sure, well, it's no surprise. Property taxes continue to be an issue, and and it's certainly a number one issue for Nebraska Farm Bureau. And so we are working very hard to find a way to move forward with that that accomplishes the needs of our members and, and Nebraska taxpayers, as well as recognize the, the issues that we have uh, with the budget uh, in, in Nebraska at this time, the tough times that we're having there. And I really feel positive that we can move forward. We've been working with a lot of different coalitions this summer, and we're making really, really good progress in coming up with some ideas that I think can, that can meet lots of people's needs. All right. Thanks, Steve, so much. You can find them here at the Nebraska State Fair, and we're over here in the Pinnacle Expo building. You can stop by and find us as well. From the 2017 Nebraska State Fair, I'm Shaylee Peters. It's time to check in with climatologist Al Dutcher for our weekly check of the weather. Al, some helpful rains recently and some slightly cooler than normal temperatures. Can we expect more of the same this weekend and beyond? We definitely have some warmer temperatures moving in for the next day to day and a half before we start to watch a cold front blow through the state and we start to see more of a northwest flow aloft. And that is expected to come through as we go through Saturday into the Sunday time frame. So most of the precipitation that we see will be around that frontal boundary coming in. And it looks like the best opportunity for moisture, basically from the eastern panhandle through the state will occur from Saturday evening through about mid-afternoon on Sunday. That will issue in a little bit cooler air into the state with a warming trend starting to develop as we go into the Monday-Tuesday time frame for western Nebraska, slowly spreading to the east. And it looks to me like we're going to have a fairly dry forecast, although there is some indications of some isolated thunderstorms possibly developing as we get into Thursday and more definitely as we get into next Friday across the panhandle before a very sharp cold front starts to pull through the region as we get into next Friday. Now, the big thing as we go forward, of course, is Hurricane Harvey, and this could throw an ointment in all the forecasts, particularly from the mid-Mississippi River Valley region off toward the eastern seaboard. Harvey has exploded over the last 24 hours, and it's expected to make landfall right now as a Category 3 hurricane just to the north of Corpus Christi. Yesterday's model runs had that sitting coming in near Brownsville or just north of Brownsville and slowly migrating inward and stalling. The same system today is expected to go inland and stall, but then push out back toward the Houston area and then slowly hug the coastline up to New Orleans before lifting northward. If this forecast verifies, we're going to see a significant rain event. Most of southern Texas, at least 100 miles inshore, will be looking at widespread flooding. Unfortunately, it's like a very serious situation as it slowly migrates over the five-day period up to just about to the west of New Orleans. You can imagine daily rainfalls of four to six inches can add up in a short hurry. 
that system is expected to start lifting up, according to today's models, up into the lower to mid-Mississippi River Valley and the lower Ohio River Valley as we get into the next weekend. And in combination with that cold front coming through, will strengthen the Great Lakes trough and create a very deep trough across the eastern United States. And so on the backside of that trough, very cold air may move into the upper Midwest. And I would say next Friday, if this model tendency holds for two more days, we'd be looking at some frost and freeze conditions developing across the northern half of Minnesota, Wisconsin, and upper Michigan into the northern half of lower Michigan. And then the models, as we go a little bit farther out, bring another returning cold air into our region, particularly as we go about five days down the road. This trend of below normal temperatures has been consistent for most of the western central corn belt for the month of August. Looks like it's going to continue at least for the first 10 days of September. And we're going to be turning our attention rather rapidly to these potential for cold air, especially if the models hold this over the next two days. In the long term for the month of September, how are things looking? I completely would expect the CPC will completely change their forecast. And based on this upper troughing pattern and the cold air in place, I expect that they will indicate a substantial portion of the eastern United States will see below normal temperatures for September. Where we may see above normal temperatures would be from the western third of Nebraska all the way through the western United States. So this cold air continuing on to the month of September is just going to push the crop even farther behind. That was climatologist Al Detcher. I'm Paul Perkins on the Rural Radio Network. It's midday on the Rural Radio Network and time to check sports with Jason Jorgensen. Hey, thanks, Derek. Well, Nebraska gets the volleyball season underway later on this afternoon as the Huskers square off against Oregon in the Vert Challenge. Now, Nebraska features a number of new faces on this year's team, and head coach John Cook says it may take some time to settle into a lineup. I'm mentally having to prepare myself to do that because, you know, last year, I mean, we just, we knew what we wanted to do. We knew we had people in the right spots, and, man, now it's just like every day I'm wondering what's our best lineup. So, uh, which is a good problem because we've got a lot of players that can play and are pushing for starting time. But I, I've got to figure out how to, you know, get our best group out there on the court and then our best sub- substitution pattern. So it may take us a while to kind of zero in on a lineup. Both Oregon and tomorrow's opponent, Florida, are ranked. Today's match starts at 4 Central time, with tomorrow's match against the Gators also starting at 4 Central. Nebraska head football coach Mike Riley has announced the names of six former walk-on players who receive scholarships for this season. They include wide receivers Gabe Ron and Brett Clausen, center Cole Conrad, fullback Luke McNitt of Kearney, and tight ends Connor Ketter and Tyler Hoppus. Second annual Bill Marshall Volleyball Classics taking place at the Nebraska State Fair. It is set with a roster full of teams from Nebraska high schools as well as NAIA college teams. Joseph McDermott, Nebraska State Fair Executive Director, says this fair is always excited about this event. This will be the second year uh, for the Bill Marshall Volleyball Classic. Um, We invite 24 high school teams from across the state, some of the best teams from across the state, and they'll come in and they'll play each other. And these are are, um, the types of games um, where they won't necessarily play somebody that they played throughout the season uh, because we even intermix classes a little bit. So in addition to the high school games, uh, we'll have uh, four college teams. Now, the high school matches will be a part of the NSAA's Hall of Fame Jamboree games. Hastings College will be involved as part of the NAIA matches. And the University of Alaska Anchorage says the 40th Great Alaska Shootout will be the last edition of the long-running college basketball tournament. 
The school says university can no longer sustain funding for the annual Thanksgiving week turning. The shootout started in 1978 and has been the longest-running regular season college basketball tournament. That is a check of sports. Have a great day. I'm Jason Jorgensen. Stay tuned. More Midday is just ahead. You are listening to the Rural Radio Network. Partly cloudy tonight to Nebraska with a chance of thunderstorms, mostly from the southwest into north-central and northeast Nebraska. I'm Dave Schroeder. In Nebraska County, Treasurer faces five felony charges for allegedly selling cars without a proper license, as well as making false statements on motor vehicle sales documents and filing false income tax returns. The Attorney General's office as Lancaster County Treasurer Andy Stebbing turned himself in to the Nebraska State Patrol to be cited and fingerprinted. The charges stem from an investigation by the State Patrol and Nebraska Department of Revenue into Stebbing's sales of vehicles. The 53-year-old Stebbing had served as County Treasurer since 2011. Stebbing, a Republican, ran for Lincoln mayor in 2015, but lost to Democratic incumbent Chris Beitler. Stebbing's first court appearance is set for September 15th. The total solar eclipse had a positive effect on the attendance at the Great Platte River Road Archway. Marketing coordinator Mark Ferradori says that over the three-day period, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, the archway had over 1,800 visitors. Traffic that we had during the eclipse was really uh, phenomenal for us at this time of year. Uh, usually when school starts and traveling trails off, uh, we, we see a dip in our numbers. Uh, but this year it was significantly higher the other way. Authorities are investigating the deaths of a 57-year-old man who'd been serving murder and other sentences at a state prison in southeast Nebraska. The Nebraska Department of Correctional Services says Ronald Fort died Tuesday night at Johnson County Hospital in Tecumseh. Officials say Fort was in his Tecumseh prison cell when a medical incident occurred, so he was taken to the hospital. The department says Ford had been serving a combined sentence of nearly 32 years for convictions on second-degree murder, manslaughter, and a weapons case. A new Kansas-owned casino in southeast Kansas is trimming the hours. It runs table games and cutting staff after failing to generate as much revenue as expected. The Joplin Globe reports that Kansas Crossing in Pittsburgh, Kansas, was expected to rake in about $3 million annually. In its first four months of operation, the casino has generated between $2 million and $2.4 million monthly. General Manager Doug Fisher says that the casino has reduced hours and laid off 10 employees of about 400 staffers. We want your news, video, and photos. Tip us under the News tab at krvn.com. In the News Center, I'm Dave Schroer. We are live from the Nebraska State Fair at the Rural Radio Network broadcast booth. Southeast corner of the Pinnacle Bank Expo building is where you can find us. Stop by and say hello if you're at the Nebraska State Fair. And what we usually like to do uh, each first day of the fair is get a weather update from Mike Moritz with the National Weather Service out of Hastings. Glad to have you back. Oh, it's great to be here. You know, it's it's that time of year. We're ready to roll at this fair. Yeah, this is great weather today. And let's get into what do you expect for this week. You know, I think we're going to have really good weather for most of this fair. Uh, the big thing is temperatures are going to be pretty nice. 
there will be a couple warm days in there, but for the most part, we're talking high temperatures in the low 80s, maybe even a couple days where we don't even reach 80 degrees. So really nice temperatures for the fair. Rain-wise, I think there's probably two areas to look at. One might be Saturday evening and overnight Saturday night. It's not a rainout, but there will definitely be some rain around the region. Probably your next best shot then goes into next Friday. So when you start looking at the weather throughout the fair, it's mainly dry. And even if you go uh, during the week next week, Monday through Thursday, not only is it dry, but it's, it's low humidity with comfortable temperatures. So some really nice weather. Let's talk about, uh, well, let's get a review from what we've had in August because it seems like you have to wait till August to get some rain. <laughs> yeah. And talk about all the rain we've been having this month. Yeah, we've really seen some phenomenal rain amounts, obviously too much in some areas. And uh, one thing that I hear a lot from farmers this summer is, is the term spotty, hit and miss. You know, I got this, they got that. Um, I will say this, we have seen some improvement in some drought conditions in northern Nebraska. We we were seeing that drought from the Dakotas inch in to north central, northeast Nebraska pretty hard. I've gotten quite a bit of rain there the last few weeks, and that definitely helps out. So I think that's a good thing. Um, for the most part, the rest of the region kind of normal on drought conditions, although we're seeing drought creep into northern Kansas now. So we still need some rain in some areas. So even though there's some winners out there, there's also been some losers on the rain side. Yeah, you hate to see that, even with all the great rains we've been having. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. You had an interesting fact to pass along on temperatures for August. Yeah, you know, we've looked. I think everybody's noticed August has been really comfortable. I mean, a lot of window weather, turn off the air conditioning, that type of thing. We've been running five, six degrees below normal for the month. But for Grand Island, we haven't hit 90 degrees yet. If we don't hit 90 degrees by the end of the month, and it doesn't look like we will, this will be the only August on record that we will not have hit 90 degrees for a high temperature. So when you talk about a cool month, a unique month, um, August 2017 is going down as one of those months. Yeah, that's just incredible. And, and that comes uh, as we had a very interesting phenomena. You experienced it, of course, at, at the Hastings uh, Weather Office. So talk about the eclipse and the weather for that. Yeah, you know, uh, we, we lead up to the fair quite a bit, but this year is leading up to the eclipse, and uh, we put uh, weather information on all of our forecast discussions and all of our social media outlets for a good uh, seven to ten days out ahead of time, and boy, we had a lot of positive feedback about that. You know, when you forecast for something like that, clouds are the toughest thing. I mean, they come at different levels, they come at different times, they're moving, they're forming, they're dissipating. For the most part, though, even though there were clouds in the area, a lot of the path to totality did really well. I was at Adams Central High School. Even the middle and high school kids, they were in awe at this site. And I was, too. Never experiencing one before. I wasn't quite sure what to expect. But it was a far better show than even I thought was possible. Really incredible. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people were, uh, they weren't getting into the hype, but when, once they went through it, they thought it was pretty cool. It didn't last long. Well, I mean, I wish it would have lasted a little yeah. bit longer. Yeah. But, boy, didn't you notice how the weather changed? Yes. I mean, yes. It, it was six or seven degrees cooler. The wind changed. Uh, it was, you know, that, boy, that tells you how important that sun is. Right. You know, if that thing was gone a little bit longer, it would really change yeah. things up. So what a day it was. You guys do a great job with social media. Talk about incorporating that now with your forecast. Yeah, you know, we find, especially with our younger generation, really every generation, that quick hit of weather of quickly can I know what's going on or what's to be expected is very important. And that's why we, we hit the social media side hard. And, and uh, all of our warning information is automatically 
uh, on Twitter. So you can see pictures, you can see the actual area of the warning, that type of thing. A lot of times I push social media in the winter because we will put our snow amounts on there. And so those snow amounts are always updated with the forecast. They change. We want to get them as accurately as we can. And so seeing that on our social media website, making sure it's consistent with what they're hearing with all their weather information sites is very important. Speaking of winter, we know it's on the way. What are you changing with some of your forecasts? Well, we do have a small change this winter. Um, it's more or less in our notification of information one of the things that people might have heard in the past is a blizzard watch. That's when we expect blizzard conditions to develop. This year we're just going to call that a winter storm watch. And basically that's kind of an underlying idea that all of our life-threatening winter weather information is a winter storm. Once we get closer to the event, if blizzard conditions are expected, we'll issue a blizzard warning. But you may not hear the blizzard watch, which has become kind of an early warning since on the western high plains especially. It's just to make things a little more simple and a little more of a, a, an easier way to understand some of the information we're putting out. The Weather Service puts out a lot of weather information, and sometimes uh, it can be confusing and hard to follow. And so this way, it's one winter headline for this type of situation. All right. Well, thanks for uh, dialing up a beautiful week for the state. Oh, anytime. Yeah, you guys do a great job, so thanks for all you guys Thank do. Thank you very much. Yeah, Mike Moritz with the uh, National Weather Service out of the Hastings office. As he mentioned, going to be a nice week for the Nebraska State Fair. Stop and see us. Southeast part of the Pinnacle Bank Expo building is where you can find the Roll Radio Network. From Grand Island at the Nebraska State Fair, I'm Joe Gangwish. Back on the Rural Radio Network, let's get comments from Joe Teal, Great Plains Commodities, about these livestock futures. Joe? Yeah, we uh, had uh, kind of an uh, interesting day going into uh, cattle on feed report from the cattle. Uh, started out uh, pretty strong, and uh, as the day wore on, uh, we kind of just faded away. We had some good follow-through from uh, yesterday's uh, rallies, and uh, but uh, as we... Uh, uh, approach the end of the day, uh, we uh, ended up uh, unchanged to uh, just slightly higher. Uh, but I think a lot of that have, having to do with the fact that we have a cattle on feed report and the uh, basically the uh, cattle sales are done for the week. So uh, uh, now we are going to focus our uh, attention to this cattle on feed report. They're looking for... Uh, Oh, uh, near 105 on feed uh, placements, or near 106, and marketing's right around uh, 104 and a half. So uh, we'll we'll see uh, how that turns out, and I think that'll set the tone uh, for the early uh, trade on Monday. Uh, over in the hogs, uh, boy, here we go uh, once again. Uh, cash uh, a little bit on the soft side, uh, cutouts uh, lower at noon and. Uh, what do you know? We have lower hogs uh, on the future. So uh, that just continues. So we're going to finish uh, uh, lower for the week on the hogs, but we're going to finish higher uh, basically on the cattle and the uh, on the feeders. So uh, next week uh, could prove to be uh, very interesting. Thanks, Joe. Joe Teal can be reached at Great Plains Commodities, 800 1134 Dewey Nelson on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome to Fridays in the Field, a weekly discussion with ag producers across the state. With the Rural Radio Network, I'm Chabella Guzman.
It's that time of summer where farmers like Jeff Pohl of Bridgeport have either harvested their crops like wheat or are waiting to harvest crops such as dry edible beans or corn. I caught up with Jeff after a couple of days of rain in the panhandle last week to get an update of his crops. Jeff, how is your bean crop coming along? So far, the bean crop in our area looks real good. We're standing in a field of uh, Great Northerns, uh, actually a marquee variety. You can see here a little bit, they've, they've actually got the beans on and they're growing. This field here has very, we haven't had much disease problem yet. We have seen just a little bit of blight and rust, but not very much. These have been sprayed for blight and rust, uh, also for bugs and insect problems. But uh, right now they're blooming. I don't know what set they'd be on, probably their third set even, but definitely already got beans filling out. And they, they'll fill beans out and they'll continue to bloom and keep setting on for a while yet. The majority of the dry edible beans are getting close to turning a golden yellow when they are harvested. Jeff, are your beans on schedule? Yes, I would say they're on just probably right on schedule. The weather's kind of cool right now. The ground's real wet underneath. We're actually watching for, uh, we've had quite a little moisture, just a damp, cool days lately. So right now we're watching for uh, a white mold. They can get a white mold in them. And so we're kind of watching that carefully. Uh, we're not watering them at the moment because we've had just a little bit of rain and everything's kind of damp. So we're uh, kind of letting them dry out a little bit, trying to watch for the white mold and stuff. So. These are relatively clean uh, as far as weeds and that, and not much rust or disease in these here. So, Okay. Jeff, let's switch gears a bit and talk about your fields of corn. I can see your corn is nice and tall with tassels. Is it ahead of schedule for this time of year? Uh, the corn is actually proceeding along probably about the normal stage it should be in. I thought we were ahead a little bit here a week ago, but the cool weather and damp weather here has slowed up a little bit. I think we're not behind by any means. But I'd say we're kind of on schedule. The corns are actually probably from a roasting year, just proceeding into a dough stage at the moment. But we're we're probably right on schedule actually. So and same thing there. We've been watering hard because with the drought, the mineral dry. Now all of a sudden here lately with the cool, damp weather, and we've had a few light rains. We're we're slowing up, irrigating a little bit because everything's damp inside. But otherwise, it's probably I'd say in a roasting year stage to a dough stage. So now tell us how is your stuff for insect pests? Grasshoppers don't seem to be a problem this year, but back east they have been worried about western bean cutworm. Jeff, have you had a lot of insect issues? We have had very little insect problems. We've had just a little bit of spider mite problems, but uh, which is also conducive to hot, dry weather. And now this cool weather, we've that's kind of backed off too a little bit. So we've had to spray for that, but it's the problem has lessened a little bit. So, and as far as the western bean cutworm or the bean beetle, or the the rootworm beetle. We have the my stuff. We haven't seen a lot of it so far. So, like many farmers in the Panhandle of Nebraska, Jeff has several crops he grows. Another one is alfalfa. Jeff, tell us a little bit about your alfalfa this year. Our third cutting is coming on. We've done our second cutting, and so it's growing back. And this will be oh, it'll be probably two weeks, maybe three at the most, and we'll be cutting it again. So sometimes we try to get four, but this field and situation we're in right now, we're probably going to get our third cut in here be the end of the month, I suppose. We've been talking with Jeff Pohl about his dry beans, corn crop, and alfalfa here in Bridgeport and the surrounding area. For more Fridays in the Field, check out the podcasts at caneybee.com backslash ag hyphen podcasts or watch all the video interviews from this series on ruralradio.com. For the Rural Radio Network, I'm Chabella Guzman. Dewey Nelson on the Rural Radio Network, and we had kind of a quiet trading session today in the grains. 
With us is John Payne, Senior Marketing Analyst with Daniels Ag Marketing in Chicago and publisher of the newsletter This Week in Grain. Maybe all the talk down in Central Texas where you're at today is not about the markets. No, you know, come down here and thinking that I'm going to be entering the heat wave in, in, in mid to late August. And kind of the stories you hear of, of uh, you know, the Texas heat, and it's nothing but 80 degrees and not much humidity and, and uh, cloudy starting to rain. So uh, that that story, I think, um, you know, it won't, won't affect much of the, the row crop markets up north, but you go, uh, you know, east to here into the Delta, and, you know, there's a lot of really good cropland down there. Um, you know, but they're ready to start 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 shelling, and they're ready to start cutting beans. And uh, you know, what is a, a four to twelve inch rainstorm going to do for those folks in you know anywhere east of the Mississippi River down there? And how does the uh, I think they've harvested a lot of the crop in Texas as far as corn goes, but um, you know, cotton, which is a market I, I deal with a lot. You know, what's that going to do? We've already seen that market really start to move this week. So, short term, I think the market is still tied with this first notice day in the in the in the in the headlights, uh, but. I look for a turn here as we get into uh, the fall. The temperatures are, are going to be the conversation, I think, once we get past uh, August 31st. Yeah, still waiting to find a buying at the bottom of the range at Layston Corn and maybe even in uh, wheat trading, too. Uh, overall, in this picture, after we get through the weekend into Sunday night, things could turn rather interesting, couldn't it? I think so. And, I mean, we're looking at, at threats of early harvest that are going to exist really for the next two to three weeks. Uh, sounds to me like you're looking at 10 to 15, in some cases 20 degrees lower than normal at this time of the year up in the Dakotas. Uh, you're expecting early frost up in Canada. So that, that bean crop that has been so well uh, you know, treated this, this summer with low temperatures and, uh, and good rains, uh, how's that going to react? You know, I, at this point, the trade is so negative and everything's down on supply, supply, supply. You know, get some good d- demand dat- data, and then you also talk about low planted acres in, in Brazil and a fight for acres here with wheat in the U.S. And I think there's some things that could turn it. And besides the fact that the prices are pretty cheap, and you know, given it's only August 25th, you know, nobody's in a hurry to sell any old crop yet. I don't think anybody's getting that pressure. So again, I think we get some first notice day, and I think we turn up. Thanks, John. John Payne, senior marketing analyst with Daniel's Ag Marketing in Chicago. Yep, not even the dollars lost today. The dollar index drop of 0.51 to 92.69, a two-year or almost three-year low, couldn't uh, keep the grains from going down. Dewey Nelson reporting on the Rural Radio Network.